Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for the Let Me Introduce You podcast number eight. I am Jen. This is Adarian. Today, we are talking about the trouble with research and heel raises. We're talking about heel raises? We're talking about heel raises. Okay. And this is number eight? This is number eight. All right. Let's keep it moving, then. I know. (laughs) All right. So there was this paper. Yeah, go ahead before I get going about this paper. Heel raises. Oh, that one. About comparing the men and women? Comparing the men and women. All right, go ahead, go. I'm ready now. You're going to like this. It's good. All right. So there was this paper I sent to Adarian over the weekend. It was called The Electromyographic Assessment of the Lower Leg Muscles During Concentric and Eccentric Phases of Standing Heel Raises. This paper was published in 2021 in the journal Healthcare. They wanted to compare gender differences in the lower leg muscles during baseline eccentric and concentric contractions during a heel race. Wait, let, let, let me stop it right there. Let me stop it right there. <laughs> Which one is the alien? The male or the female? <laughs> why, I think, why, would I think, be, why would it be a difference? Well, so it turns out, I actually looked up where they got this idea from. There was a paper published in 2003 that looked at runners and they compared the contractions in the lower leg muscles of men and women runners during running. And what did they find out? They found out that there was a difference between the two. One weighs more. <laughs> I know. <laughs> one is taller. What? I, I mean, like what? <laughs> I know. Well, and the funny thing is, so again, they were look. This this group looked at runners. This paper in two thousand three. This paper in 2021 is looking at heel raises. So just like a heel raise, like I'm standing there doing a heel raise. That is, yeah. Got it. Okay. We're talking the standard, like heel drops down, heel drops up. Okay. Got it. Okay. Standard heel raise. All right. The muscles studied for this are the gastrocnemius, the medial and the lateral, soleus, tibialis, anterior, peroneals, brevis, and longus. During the introduction, the authors lay- Wait, 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 wait. So we we study in two like two different sets of muscles that act differently. Yes. Okay, go ahead. I'm just I'm just rolling with this today. I'm just <laughs> you're gonna like where this is going. I promise. During the introduction, the layer the authors laid out their reasoning for why they're doing this particular study. Some of their insertions, which you get to talk about, include during human locomotion, muscular activity is believed to dampen soft tissue kinetic vibrations. Is that true? Dampen? Yeah. Soft tissue kinetic vibrations. Vibrations. Yes. <laughs> I guess bones don't matter in this part either, right? I, I, I mean, what's what's funny is like you, you know you talk about you talk about vibrations because we, we wrote a book on vibrations or the right. vibrations one on one things like that. We've seen collisions where we can see the thing just racing through the body, you yes. know, and, and so. If you drop down your heel, that vibration does vib- go, does reverberate through the bones. Right. You can feel it in your skull by the time do, you feel that, that thud, you know. So now the other part is this here. You know, we have this, this system of liquids and containment, fascia, and everything like that. So it depends on, like, the magnitude of the collision. Right. Well, and they're talking during human locomotion. Yeah, but it still depends on the magnitude of the collision. 
Because a sprinter uh, uh, is going to have a a stronger collision than like a walker, right? Yes and no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Reason being is because it's not a direct drop down. Right. So that's what they. That's that's part of the, like. And I, I'm describing like I said when I said if your heel hits, that's as if you're up here and the heel directly impacts the ground vertically. That's yeah. a different type of vibration, different type of collision. Then if the foot is cycling back towards you and you extend this collision, you know, as it's moving backwards, you're moving forward. Be, be, that's it. it. And that's what they don't look at. That's it. It, it, they don't look at how this thing is even being set up. Right. You know, that's like I did some jumps yesterday. I did some jumps yesterday. And, and how you leave the ground is how you kind of go back to the ground. So I'm doing the jumps. I demonstrated that. Watch this. If I... Squat down, compress down, and then try to extend up, mm-hmm. leading with my head or my shoulders by trying to, you know, pulling away from the ground, basically with the torso. That's a much more uncontrolled collision. Got it. Okay. Then if I pull my feet, if I collapse down into my feet, collapse my feet back into me and come back down, that's a totally different collision, different result. Right. So I, I, and I think, but they don't look at it like that. They just look at it, you know, and they make up these funny words, kinetic vibrations, like what? So uh, what? I mean, that, but, that, but people also think what? People think soft tissue supports arches. No. Yes. No. So, so, so yeah. So even like the very beginning. So yes. as And if you're listening to this, as you can see, and this is a published research paper. And already we've found maybe some flaws in some of their reasoning. But we'll go on to assertion number two. You'll like assertion number two. <laughs> Lower limb muscles play an important role in absorbing kinetic energy when the foot makes contact with the ground. Is this I'm true? Still, I'm still going back to absorbing kinetic energy. So <laughs> how much did it absorb? Like, are they measuring the amount of... A- are they measuring this? You know, so so that's that's you know, and once again, those funny words. Why, if I'm trying to move, why would I want to absorb kinetic energy? You want to move kinetic energy. You don't want to absorb it, right? Well, it's making you. Well, it's making you move. I mean, it's right. it's, it's that's so yeah, why, okay. Why 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 would I want to absorb something that's trying to make me move? Right. You, you know, I can see if they said you know absorb potential energy. Okay, yeah, but why would I want to absorb? And we know, and what do we know about energy? We know this. We, we know this, like we've been talking about. Yes. It's either going to get used or it's going to get lost to something else. Not wasted, but lost to something else. Via sound, via heat, via whatever the case may be. Right. You know? So I have this, this kinetic energy that I want to move with. Right. Why would I want it to absorb it? What is that going to do for me? And wouldn't a better way to think about this be that because you want the you want the collision to be extended and you want the vibrations to kind of move through you, don't you? Yeah. When you hit the ground. Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. Once again, you know, if 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 you if you're a skateboarder, right? Please extend it. Right. If if you're an elderly person, and think about this here. Think about this here. Think about this here. Say you're a skateboarder. Mm-hmm. You want a super extended collision. You, you jump it off some 20 feet high, hit the ground, bow. Super extended collision. 
say you're an elderly person coming off a one inch ledge. You don't want that extended because you're not. You're probably gonna lose your. See what I'm saying? You're probably yes. gonna lose your. If you if you if that thing gets extended, you're probably gonna lose your balance and fall. Yeah. So at that point in time, you don't want it extended. You know. But once again, once again, <laughs> when they write these things, it's like, are they looking at the different dynamics that they're talking about? You know, who are they talking about right now? This, this, like I said, so am I talking about the skateboard population? Am I talking about the LA population? <laughs> Which population am I talking about? But still, you know, once again, I got this energy I want to move me. And why do I want to absorb energy that's supposed to be used for locomotion? Right. That doesn't make, when you put it that way, it really doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I wish they would have thought it that way. You know, I mean, I, could you imagine me sitting down there with the signs like, "Let me, let me get this right." You want to do what? <laughs> you want, you want, you want to absorb kinetic energy that you're trying to use to move you? Okay. <laughs> Show me that ray gun. Okay. <laughs> oh, it gets better. It gets better. You, you really like the statement. You, you circled the statement in red, which oh. is always you. So this is a good one. These muscles also assist with foot stability and rigidity during weight-bearing tasks, including heel raises and push-offs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny because they eliminated the arch. They totally eliminated the arch. They totally eliminated the arch. Totally, totally eliminated, you know. So, And we're not even talking about anchors. We're just talking about the arch. If we talk about anchors, some other stuff, we get into some whole other topic. Right. But, yeah, you're talking about the, the arch makes you stable. And, and that, well, once again, once again, once again, let's look at the ankle joint. It's a meeting yes. collection of bones. Yes. And, and, so, and so you have this, this collection of things. And this collection of things has no life. Right. Everything around it has life, but it has no life. It's just there. Yeah. So it can't, it, 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 the foot, I mean, because you look at the calcaneus, how it interacts with this thing. So if the foot moves and the calcaneus moves, if the foot moves, calcaneus moves. The ankle doesn't move. It's moving at the ankle joint, but the ankle's not moving. The mm -hmm. foot and the calcaneus is moving. If the tibia moves, it's moving. It's moving at the ankle joint, but the ankle joint is not moving. So I get this movement of the foot and I get this movement of the tibia. Where's the rigidity coming in there? <laughs> well, I mean, because I, the only way to roll your the only way to roll your ankle is what the foot has to move, the calcaneus has to move. Right. The tip. If you do the tibia, you can sway your tibia any way you want. It's hard to sprain an ankle with a tibia movement. Mm -hmm. But you can sprain it with what foot movement. Yes. So so yeah, and that's what's funny. And a lot of foot movement is caused by what the ground, how to interact with the ground. And we, cause we talked about that, you know, if I'm running on the heel, it's the ground that makes the foot flex sideways as a, but what's the tibia still trying to do? You, the tibia doesn't lean at the, at, at, at it tries, it wants to keep going in the direction. And that's what it does. It allows these two things. We said, but we said that in the book. Yes. Ankle joint allows the. Say that one more time, Adrian, you cut out. The ankle joint allows. The, the tibia. Mm -hmm. and the foot to rotate differently. Right. So the tibia can pitch and the foot can roll and everything works out. Well, and one of the things I found really interesting that I learned when I wrote the book was that what you're doing is navigating, you're creating space to move into 
with right. the ground. Like you're right. trying to like figure out a way. That's what the body's right. trying to do. Right. Right. So, so yeah. So as you try to make these spaces, this ankle is, is assisting in that in a passive way, not in a, not in an active way, but in a very passive way. Right. You know? So once again, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, as they, as they, and, and you look at the muscles involved, let's, let's look at these muscles involved real quick. Uh, they say gastroc, right? They say gastroc. I've, yeah, it was gastrocnemius, um, medial head, gastrocnemius, lateral, soleus. In, in the, in the gastroc and soleus. Uh-oh. Got dogs. Squirrel. <laughs> Squirrel. So, so if you look at where they run, just from an attachment standpoint, they, and they, and they run to the Achilles, the Achilles runs behind. It doesn't even, it runs to the calcaneus. Right. Yeah. So how does that help stabilize anything? Because you got all this extra movement that could happen, you know? And then you go, okay, let's look at these other things. Let's look at tibialis. Where does it run? They run kind of underneath. Underneath. And, and you look at the, the brevis peroneus, where they kind of run, on this side, underneath. Right. And they even got straps to lock them in. Yeah. So they, so they, so they don't flex away and stuff like that. So these are not support stabilizing things. Right. They're, not, they're designed for movement. They're designed for movement. They're yeah. not designed to stabilize anything. Right. So that's a weird thing. But yeah, if you look at how they would move the foot and things like that, you go, these things are not here. But but reason they're not designed for stable because they're not too stabilized. Well, because the foot is inherently stable due to its bony structure. Well, the bony structure, how they locked in, and it's all these ligaments. All these right. ligaments that tie this bone. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, think about your finger. Let's just take our fingers, for instance. And let's take a rubber band and wrap a rubber band around the first and second finger. Let's okay. take another rubber band and wrap it around the second and third finger. Let's okay. take another rubber band and wrap it around the third and fourth finger. Okay. And then you try to move those things apart. Oh, That's yeah. That's the foot. It's just reinforced, reinforced. Is there, is there a little wiggle room in there? Sure. But it's just reinforced, reinforced, reinforced. Right. You know? And, and that allows these these because you got to remember, these things are being pulled on. The first metal tars are being pulled on by tibialis. Yes. The fifth metal tars are being pulled on by 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 peroneus. These right. things are being and so there's these and that's when people miss that word anchor. Yes. These, I, in order in order for levers to work, especially the way the body's designed with windless mechanisms. Right. You know. This has to be attached to something, loop around something, and go up here. If this thing was is able to move itself, the lever would be sloppy. Yeah. So, so you're right. The stabilization of foot, the rigidity of the foot, comes in the fact that you have this arch, these bones that are set, and you have all these ligaments that are tied and overlap and things like that. I mean, when you look at the structure of the foot and everything, and you see so many ligaments. I mean, it's crazy the amount of ligaments that's running down to attach to something, to something else. Right. You know? And so then you got these tendons, and tendons are in a sheet, you know? And I, like I said, you, you look at the structure, you got these tendons running on top of, and then on top of the tendon is a sheet. They kept them, guide them, and track them so they don't do what? Pop over here and pop over there as you're trying to... And then you have these, these, these reticular ligaments that hold them in place. This system is designed to move things. It's not designed to stabilize the ankle that, that's passively doing its job. Right. You know, so, so yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. Well, and this gets, this gets even weird. So this is where research can be a little bit, um, 
a little bit interesting if you don't read where the ideas come from. They go on to say the gluteus, or excuse me, not the gluteus, the gastrocnemius medial head and the gastrocnemius lateral head and soleus have been observed to be the primary muscles to initiate the heel raise from the ground. This assertion is based on research performed in 1991. So these authors wrote this wrote this paper in 2021. They had to go searching for research 30 years prior to prove their point. <laughs> yeah. And it was it was thing about it, they cannot pull the heel off the ground. They can only pull off well, the heel off the ground if the tibia is moving. Right. So yeah, if 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 and that's the that's that's the whole thing through the Achilles. If the tibia rotates forward, pitches forward, mm-hmm. you know, it gets to a certain point where slack is taken up. Right. So as it moves, it, it pull the heel with it. That's all it does. That's, that's all that's happening. But if you're talking about from a stand-up position, nah, the gastroc solely can't do it. The attachments well, that, don't work. The attachments. I mean, I mean, there's no fulcrum point. Right. The, the soleus is, is on the same. You go, no. <laughs> There's one. Well, and if you look at the structure of the gastroc, like specifically the gastroc, like you're saying, because it inserts, you know, behind the knee. Yeah. Right. So what's it going to do? It's going to flex the knee, right? Yeah. Great, great knee flexor. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a great knee, flex, knee flexor. And then it asserts, like you said, behind the heel, behind the calcaneus, which is going to cause the heel to come up when the knee is yeah it just yeah as you as you as you move forward yeah so if i that's what's funny about people when they squat down they want to keep their heels down well it depends on the length of your gastroc but as the tibia pitches forward it's going to pull that heel off the ground right and then people say i don't want to do i'm, I'm gonna yeah so now and 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 think about this here did you you did the test right? You did the the raise the heel test about shifting your weight. I don't think so. Oh, you never done that test? I don't think so. Ooh, this could be fun. Oh, and the okay. people, this could be fun. You got to stand up to do it though. Okay. And people, if you get a chance to watch this, you got to watch this. All right. So I'm standing up. I'm adjusting my screen so y'all can see my feet. Okay. So so back a little bit more because we need to see your whole body. Okay. Right there. Turn sideways. Okay. okay. Now. Shift your weight back over your heels. See, your weight's not right there. Woo, Stay so I'm shifting my weight back. The balls of my feet are lifting off the ground. Okay, now you can- My arms your, you are wildly your, swinging. You, you can, you can, you can, uh, about right there. You keep, keep the balls of the feet down. Okay. And then shift your weight right there. Go ahead and raise your heels up off the ground. Don't shift your weight forward. <laughs> All right, so I'm attempting to, oh boy. So I can't go anywhere. <laughs> they can't do it. That's the whole point. Right. <laughs> Which, so, so two questions with this. The gas truck is often. No, no. I don't mean to laugh, but it's just like people. It can't so, do it. So why is everyone trying to stretch their gas truck before they run? Be, because people think more range gives you more, more everything, you know? And, but that's so, not how it works when you look at it, it again. That's yeah. not how it even works. Yeah, it doesn't even work that way. Hmm. So, yeah, as you notice, because what's the first, people don't understand, you're already in a forward shifted position. Right. So it's the weight shift that, because what we say is the weight shift. So as you weight shift forward, it will pull the heels off the ground. 
but the gastrointestinal itself cannot do it. Now, if you wait, you wait sitting over there, not gonna, they're not in a position to do it. Right. And then the pronius and, and, and tibialis are not weak enough or they're not strong enough to do it. That's why you got to shift a little bit more before they can actually even do anything or bend your knees. That's... Which, so, yeah. and it's funny because that was like, that was their next assertion. Peroneus longus and peroneus brevis can provide gait stabilization functions by limiting inversion and controlling eversion when body mass is over the foot. Yeah, but the foot can't invert and evert when body, it, it can't do, if it's in contact with the ground, the foot can't do those things. Well, and aren't the peroneals really involved in the stretch shortening cycle of yeah, they involved in, yeah, and that's why, yeah, you, you have to stretch those muscles just to use them. Right. On both sides, you have to, you have to stretch them. And, and if you stretch them from both ends and, and stretch from both ends means that tibia movement, foot movement. Now I'm getting stretched from both ends, different right. ball game again. I'm getting, I'm getting this magnitude of a stretch now. And, and so, and, but, but once again, you go back to it and you go based on levers, they don't have the leverage to do it unless you squat down, bend your knees. But what do people want to do? They want to do what they're after subscribing, heel raises. Well, I shouldn't be doing heel raises in the first place. Right. And the, again, it, the heel raises don't resemble running in any way, shape, or form. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So, but that, and, and I think that if we did the same thing with a man or male, you can get the same results. The heels won't right. come off the ground. The heels right. Won't. Yeah. The study was very funny. This is, and this is just to point out that you can find research that'll prove any point. But any point, yeah. The, <laughs> and unsurprisingly, the conclusion of this paper was that there was no difference, discernible difference between males and females. And is unless one's an alien. <laughs> and the gastrocnemius and the soleus weren't involved at all, or they were involved very little, I should say, in the act of lifting up the heel. It was tibialis and peroneals that were doing all the work to do that. They could have called me. <laughs> and the tibialis, the tibialis and peroneals can't do it either unless what? Your weight shifts. you got to shift the weight to get them an advantage. Other than that, they can't do it either. Right. So... Yeah, so heel raises. So let's go back to this heel raise idea because heel raises and, are and it's kinetic often... energy and it's kinetic energy absorption, <laughs> vibrations. Yeah, <laughs> solid paper here. Um, <laughs> so runners are often given heel raises to do. Yeah. Why? Well, because that's how that people think that's how you do it. You know, I mean, think about rehab. You sprain your ankle. What do they give you heel raises to do? Right. You know. And, and, and what's really sore? Well, I mean, what's I mean, you think about it. What's sore? Tendons and ligaments are sore, right? You know, and the ligaments they have nothing to do but try to just hang out and get healed again. The ligaments they don't want to do much because it's like no, because we got to you know. So, you know, when people first learn to walk again, what they successful to the ankle just poop. But why? Because the body's protecting it again. You know, I forgot I forgot where, what it's called, but I think they put the the body puts extra. Uh, something, something, something into the system to make that really deform easier. You know, they 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 reduce the rigidity of the ligaments to protect mm. it until it's fully healed because they don't want to get caught off guard. So the body itself will reduce, and that's that word, you know, being rigid. The foot right. is rigid because of the ligaments. They don't want to stretch. So people, right. uh, people, that word rigid, yeah, the foot is rigid because of these ligaments. 
keeping it tight. Just like we said with the rubber bands. We take the rubber band, the rubber band, the rubber band, you know, that makes the hand rigid. So heel raises aren't going to benefit like preventative stuff at all. And then the other reason I've seen heel raises given is because it helps you push off the ground more. Yeah, but you can't push off the ground. You're rolling away from it. It's hard to push right. off. It's hard to push off something you're rolling away from. Right, which I think people don't realize. And this goes back to what you were saying about how the sh- the way the gastric and the soleus works is the shin sh- rotates forward, pitches forward. Right. right. And then the heel lifts off the ground. Right. Right. And then, so, you, and then you get peroneus and tibialis to help with that process. But your weight has, that's, if you really want to run fast, put your weight, what we call project your weight two feet in front of your body and watch how fast you can run. Most people can't project their weight that far in front of their body. Mm. Most people are too, the weight's too close to the focal point. And that becomes the issue. Oh, so people need to lean forward more if they want to go faster. It's not lean forward more. You have to offset, you have to rotate forward more. And so that's just, that's why you need that. You don't want to be straight. Like, so you don't want to be straight up and down. You want to have bend at the knee and bend at the, the hips and the torso. Mm-hmm. And that allow that allow you to rotate further in front because of how the weight's been like see how it's amazing how once you once you're crooked, how the weight is offset now. Got it. You know, that's like when you first, you know, like I said, when you first lean back, all you do was bend your knees and everything changes. Yeah. Every everything just bend your knees because all of a sudden the weight is handled differently. You know, but but I think part of that too is these words they use inverse and everse and things like that. Right. If the foot's on the ground, can't invert or evert. Right. Because of the pressure the pressure upon it. In the air, you can do a lot of things with the foot. But once it's on the ground, you have limited capabilities with it. Which again and in, and again it's because you, there's no space for the foot to move into. There's no space when it's, to move when into. it's on the ground. It's got the, right, it's it's on got the, ground. the ground there. <laughs> um yeah, so, yeah, so I think that's a lot of it, too, is just understanding, you know, like I said, the, the whole thing is kinetic vibration, absorbing, you know, and, and everything. You go, but why would I want this to absorb kinetic energy that I'm trying to use to help move me? Right. You know, and, and, and you know, bones are much better at what? Handling vibrations than, you know, let the, let the bones handle the vibrations. You know, or let both, you know, because then, yeah, let the bones handle it. And I actually, a long time ago, before I met you, believe it or not, I learned about this, that that was one of the things the bones are really good at yeah. is transferring the vibrations up. And right. then that's what's happening across joints. And a lot of times it's still, if, if we don't have that sense anymore, but, but to feel things, you know, if we had to go way back, one of the senses that we had was feel things. It was coming because the ground was shaking. It was coming back through the bones. Hmm. But we don't have any because we're so far removed from that, you know. But but way back in the day, you know, how would you tell a big herd is moving? Because you felt the herd move based on the vibrations coming back to you. That makes sense. And that's not what we're doing anymore. No, you know, we got shoes on. We got, you know, cement. Yeah. We got, you know, we didn't, we didn't move so far away from that sense. It's crazy. <laughs> you know. So, so yeah, but, but you probably can feel it through your hands. Yeah. You know, cause hands are still pretty active and things like that. So I bet if you walked in your hands, you could feel, you know, but, but even like this here, when I was in adaptive PE, adaptive PE, one of the things we do is 
we have to program. We, one of the lessons kids have was a program. And you have to program for a dance, you know? Mm. And, and so one of the things would be is you have somebody that cannot hear, mm. you know, how you can get them, you know? And, and so what you have to do is take the speakers and put them on the, on the ground and you turn the bass up sky high. Got it. So they can feel the rhythm of the bass. They, they, they feel the bass. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. So, so just stuff. But but like I said, it's just things like that, you know, but they have that sense, right? Because they can't hear. So they have a sense to feel, you know, but it's things like that that, yeah, we just don't do anymore. We don't understand. But that's one thing we can do is say, hey, you know, just put the speakers on the floor, crank up the bass. Everybody can have a good time. Yeah. You know? So, uh, but yeah, but, but once again, I think a lot of this is if, if the researchers, if they just said, wait a minute, let's look at this, you know, what about a research paper on, Hey, does the gas truck really lift the hill off the ground? Right. I mean, that, again, they, that, they had to go searching for a paper for a paper from 1991 and yeah. people just parrot this information. They say, of course, this is going to strengthen your gas truck if you do heel raises, but yeah, and, and and the levers, you know, the thing, once again, if you want to strengthen your gastroc, you would have to. Now, now, the the other thing is this here. If you want to strengthen your gastroc, you would have to do things like inverted leg presses. Mm-hmm. And then you just straighten out the knees. You work on straightening out mm-hmm. the knees to, you know, that that's, that makes sense. that's the way to strengthen the gastroc versus doing a heel raise. Right. And that would go more with you trying to do vertical jumps or running or something like that. You know, it would go more with that than, than uh, you know, so, yeah. But, yeah, but it, it's just like I said, they, they, what are we, I mean, the fact that, like I said, that they looked at something to compare male versus female as if muscles operate differently, if the body operates differently. Like, it's one of these aliens, if not, they're not alien, what's the point of this paper now? And then they came out, yeah, no difference, no duh. <laughs> and your dog is in agreement. <laughs> it's like a bark on cue well he's trying to actually jump the fence he may get it one day <laughs> <laughs> this dude don't play <laughs> so yeah he may actually he may get it one day he um he can jump i can't imagine he can six <laughs> six six was fence he, he he almost got his paws on back paws on top of it. He's learning how to catch the. She's learning how to catch the chain links. Yeah. So he's pop over. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he's learning. So. <laughs> I guess he, he uh. get that squirrel one day. So yeah, but but even talking about that. So here's here's an animal that does it. You know, does it differently. Yes. But I think that, like I said, a lot of it is 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 you know why would you start out to let you know? I, I, it's so many studies out there that are like this that is flawed in the sense of. Let's take two humans and see how they're different. Yes. They're not. I mean, why? Th- that's like in my health class, too. One of the things we talk about is why I think we all share 99.9% of the same DNA. Right. Because we have to reproduce. Mm-hmm. And DNA is instructions. Right. So, so if you were trying to reproduce, you know, we have these, this, and people forget about these, these things. We have these cells we have. They're like at a certain temperature, a certain pH. Yeah. That's what the instructions are for. You need to keep your body at this temperature. You need to keep this pH. Everybody's going to be happy. So just think about if you try to reproduce with somebody that had different pH, different, it's not going to work out well. Right. You know, it's that, it's that simple. So, so once again, why would, why would these two people be that 99.9 and you talk about, let's see how different they are. No, they're not. Crazy. Crazy. 
Ah, all right. Well, thank you. That was fun. I knew it would be fun. That was fun. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, fascinating. We have a couple of things coming up. So we have the book. Let me introduce you. We have a book club for the book coming up. Dates yes. are coming up. We'll, dates will be decided soon. And then we have Vegas. Vegas. I can't mention Amsterdam anymore. You can mention Amsterdam. And then we have Amsterdam after Vegas. Yes. So yeah. Vegas, Jan- January 12th and 13th in Las Vegas, Nevada, yes. Mandalay Bay. That's right. It's going to be so. fun. It's going to be very educational and immersive. Health, fitness, performance, experience. All the things. <laughs> uh, and until then, we will catch you next time for Podcast 9. Peace.